And we're all in a different path and we're all in a different journey. And obviously my story is not going to be like your story. We're going to have different stories, but maybe there are similarities in my story that you resonate with. And, uh, and all I ever want anybody to know is that if I have the power to do it, and if I have the power to change and shift and live a life of fulfillment and now have my birthday in this beautiful, luxurious hotel, um, that I am so happy about, then you can do that too. So today I see that I create this reality of love for myself and I can look at myself in the mirror now and like, I love myself. I really like it. And I like who I see. And I, I'm just really happy with who I am. And I'm sharing this so vulnerably with all of you. And it just, it's been a long time coming because through all of that dark shit that happened and all of that pain and all the suffering that I did, there was always like a diamond deep down in there that was just waiting to just get all the shit off of it. And each one of us are like that. We are born as beings of light. And then just a bunch of stuff gets put on us as human beings. And it's our job to kind of like get the shit out and really get connected to the truth of who we are. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalia Ochoa. And I was so inspired to create this podcast because I want to share a piece of wisdom that I'm integrating into my life currently. We all have the ability to create our own reality in which we can heal ourselves. Hopefully, through the conversations I'm passionately sharing, you'll discover the power of your own intuition. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So today is a really special day. Today is my birthday. And I decided that I was going to film a solo episode because I wanted to share my story. And I wanted to share everything from the beginning of time so of when I was born and all the crazy things that happened in my life until getting me to this point. Um, I wanted to share why I think that this work is important. And I wanted to share why I'm so passionate about the things that I'm bringing you and why I'm so passionate about creating this show. So for the majority of my birthdays in my adult life, I have spent them very sad. Um, and even though I try to demonstrate and show that I'm really happy, um, in reality, I, 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 you know, I cry by myself. And it's been something that I never like to show to anybody else because I don't want anybody else to know how I'm actually, you know, feeling inside. And I, I was never really vulnerable enough to share it. And, and I was confused because I knew that there was something off about me feeling the way that I was feeling. And, uh, and it's kind of been this deep exploration with myself of the birthday blues. You know, I've read many articles. I worked with my therapist on trying to understand how to, um, you know, create the birthday where I feel happy. And, and, you know, every year I've had an experiment, like I've tried, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try doing this and I'm going to try doing that. And I've produced whole parties for myself and then didn't feel good. I have, you know, traveled somewhere uh, with my boyfriend at the time. And for some reason I, I didn't feel happy. Like there was, there was just always a missing link. And I'm really happy to report that I think that I figured it out. And I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, right? I think it's a combination of all the work that I've done on myself and, uh, and actually listening to my own needs and my own desires, even though I judged myself so deeply for 
uh, you know, wanting a big celebratory party for me. You know, I, I constantly give so much to other people I've made. I've gone above and beyond on people's birthdays. Like I literally have thrown massive amounts of parties and surprise parties. And like, I have stopped my whole day and like put myself at financial risk to make sure that other people felt really good on their birthday of those that I deeply loved. And then when I didn't get that type of energy in return, you know, then I, that's what would make me feel so distraught on the day of my birthday, because I'm like, well, hello, isn't it, you know, how you treat people is how others will treat you. And I discovered that that's not how it works. Everyone has a different perspective on their birthday. I can't expect everyone to have the same view of birthdays as I do. You know, everyone has a different, you know, way of trying to celebrate someone. And for some people, it's writing a simple text message and that's how they express love. And for some people, it's, you know, it's a, a FaceTime call or whatever, right? But if the person on my, you know, us, if on the receiving end, if we can't receive it because it's not what we want, what we expect, not what I wanted and not what I expected, then how could I possibly be happy, right? So I really, really sat with myself this time and I said, this is going to be a very different year for me. I'm going to feel happy. So I decided that I was going to give myself the birthday of my dreams, the birthday that I have always been wanting and expecting for someone else outside of me to gift to me. And honestly, for me, I feel like I found the secret sauce. <laughs> I feel like I really really discovered that giving love to myself in the way and to the extremity that I would for another person and giving it to myself, that is what makes me happy. And in turn, I've received so much love. And it doesn't matter if someone texts me or doesn't text me on my birthday, because I used to believe that if someone didn't reach out to me on my birthday or like throw me a big party, that I wasn't loved. And that was why I, I would cry every single birthday because I felt unloved. I felt like not seen. I felt not taken care of. Um, and when I learned that when I get to take care of myself or I get to ask myself, ask my inner five-year-old Natalia, what does she want to do? Like, what is like the birthday of her dreams. And then like, I, I wrote about it and I said, I want this and I want this. And I want, I want like, uh, I love hotels and I love, um, adventures and I love surprises and, uh, you know, and I, I went all out and I, it's all that to say that I learned that through knowing myself, through fully understanding my needs and my desires, however stupid I thought that they may be, um, I'm able to take away the responsibility from someone else to make me happy, to understand that it's an inside job. And me gifting myself this birthday has been honestly life-changing for me. And I feel so loved and I feel acknowledged because I acknowledge myself. And another love language of mine or the main one is words of affirmation. And and so I, I get to look at myself in the mirror and affirm myself for who I am because that's how I feel. And that is what's going to bring me the ultimate fulfillment and happiness on my journey. So, you know, uh, I'm really excited to share my story with you, but I just wanted to share that with you first. Um, I'm 29 today and um, I'm staying at this beautiful hotel and 
And, and, and here's the thing, right? As I put it out into the universe, as I said, and my deepest desires, I got to do it for something that was affordable. I got friends that like, I literally asked, like I asked what I, what I wanted. I told the universe, like, this is what I want. And then like, I got a friend that has a connection at a hotel that just made it so affordable for me to stay. And then like the hotel was like so gracious and just like gave me an upgrade because it was my birthday and they just sent champagne and a cake. And I just like, they were like, oh, we just want to give you a birthday surprise. So I've had all these beautiful surprises and I've had friends just, you know, text me how much they love me and everything. And it's just felt so amazing because I'm able to receive it. I'm able to fully open up and state what I want and receive it in return. So yeah, so that's the wisdom or the experience that I want to share today because I know that there are a lot of people that suffer on their birthday. And and I realize that it's it's really up to us to create something. And yes, of course, it's so beautiful for the people that love us to also demonstrate that, but it's also not their job and their responsibility. It's our responsibility, just as human beings, to do it. So, <laughs> um, well, this is my episode. So as I was switching gears, I was thinking, okay, you know, that as I go above and beyond for myself, then that is what I get in return. So I used to think that how you treat people and what you give is what you get in return. And actually it's the opposite. It's what you give to yourself that then that is what you get in return because you need to know your needs. You need to fill your own cup. And we've heard this so many times before, but if we fill our own cup, then we can give more to others. And I was an overgiver. I was always putting people's needs before my own, always. You know, and according to a lot of um, readers and readings that I've had, it comes from a lots of past life stuff as well. Like I think I've had like eight lifetimes trying to learn this lesson, but also it's like a ancestral thing. Okay, so I'm going to start from the very beginning and I'm going to share my story um, of why I feel like I've had a lot of stuff to work through. And I think that everyone deals with some sort of their own experience of trauma. For some people, it's sexual abuse or violent um, physical abuse. For other people, you know, being wealthy is their trauma that they that they come in here with because, right, there's like a disconnect between themselves and like the everyday person. So it really doesn't matter what you are experiencing in your life. For some people, it's divorce. For some people, it's, you know, like when their parents got divorced that they felt like that was like their biggest thing that they had to learn from. It doesn't matter, right? And the important thing is that no experience is better or worse. That's what I believe, right? So that my soul came here and chose my family. It chose my circumstances. It chose everything about myself, my astrological chart. Um, I chose to, to have my features. I chose to have everything in order for me to learn like the biggest lessons that I was here to learn. And I want to also just give a disclaimer about this, that the story that I'm about to share, I don't blame anyone. And I used to. I used to hold a lot of resentment and anger and blame. Um, but I don't. And that's why I can share this now, because... Um, whatever happened, it was supposed to happen exactly how it was for me to get to where I am right now. And I'm really grateful for the experiences that I, that I have. And I don't hold anyone hostage. And I have done so much work around healing and, and forgiveness within myself and the situation. So I want to start off by saying that because it didn't matter what happened. 
um, what mattered is, is just how I learned to deal with it. Okay. So my story is that, uh, I was born out of wedlock and what that means is like that my mom and my birth father, they, uh, they met and they fell in love and he was married and he had a family, right? And they were together for about like three years. And then finally she decided to move on. And then she got pregnant with me like a week later after uh, she finally decided to end things, which I think is like so powerful, right? They said that she was never going to have children and she really, really, really wanted to have children. This makes me so emotional Um, because it's really beautiful. And, um, And then, and then finally, I was born and she, her, her prayer was answered. Right. And, um, and this is like extra emotional for me because it's my birthday. Right. So I'm really going all the way back. So she prayed and, uh, And of course she was just like, I've been praying for this. And of course, like the first response is like, okay, like let's have an abortion. You know, it's like the whole situation is so complicated, but my, my mom was so resilient and she was just like, no, she was just like, I have been praying for a child like my whole life. And like, now I'm going to have her. And like, I don't care what it takes. Like I'm going to have her. So that happened. And my mom, you know, had like the most beautiful pregnancy and she had me and my dad really wasn't in the picture um, because, well, you know, he had another family. And apparently from what I know about the story, when they, you know, when they ended things, uh, someone found like his wife found out and caused a lot of, you know, of, of pain in their family, of course, because like, you know, that's what happens when, you know, you, you cheat on someone. And then when I was born, um, there was just like a lot of uh, anger around the fact that I was born, right? Because it was just out of the norm, right? So uh, there's a story that she went and she like literally chased down my mom and uh, she was just like so distraught and just so heartbroken. And it led her to try to commit suicide multiple times. I, you know, and I don't know this woman and I've never met her, but I mean, I can imagine that she was just so unbelievably distraught that it just like led her to the deepest depression that it made her want to, you know, end her life multiple times. Like it was like very dramatic. And of course, with my dad experiencing this, my birth father, he was just like, I have to like just separate myself. So it was very dramatic, you know, and and I'm sure that his daughters also suffered a lot, like watching that whole explosion happen. And that's to say that when I found out about this, you know, I blamed myself a lot. And I thought like, I thought that, you know, that it was just such a burden for me to have been born to cause like so much distress. And yeah, so apparently that happened. And then, then I didn't really have a father figure growing up at all. Right. Because like he wasn't in the picture, obviously he needed to take care of whatever happened in his family. And like he was just having all sorts of breakdowns in his house. Right. So I think he would come here and there, but it was just mostly just a lot of chaos and drama that happened around just like my existence or so I saw it. Right. Or so my perception of it was. And then eventually my mom met my stepdad and, um, and then she, she and him had my brother 
And apparently from what she tells me when I was little, like I was like really confused about who dad was. So I would like whatever male figure that I would see, um, I would just be really confused and I'd be like, oh my God, you're my dad. Or like, you're my dad, you're my dad. <laughs> like I thought my uncle was my dad. I thought the hairstylist was my dad. Cause like I had no idea who my dad was. And then when my stepdad came into the picture, he, you know, he took on the role of, of, of father and he had my, um, my brother. So, you know, we grew up in this household and my stepfather, he is Cuban and he's a, an older generation. So definitely has a lot of those machismo ideals and just like a lot of, um, definitely had a lot of anger problems. And I don't feel like he knew the appropriate tools to like how to channel them. Right. So I think that we got the, the brunt of a lot of his like anger explosions. So basically when my mom would try to like have me see my dad while she was married with my stepdad, um, there was again, a lot of chaos, right? Because my stepdad would get jealous and then he wouldn't want my mom to like be in the same room with him. And I'm sure that a lot of people can relate. Like there are so many people that I'm sure that with their partner that they don't want them to see their exes or even have communication because there's just like this deep fear of that person leaving them for their ex, right? And then what happened was anytime that I would get together with my dad, um, it had to be a secret on both ends. So it had to be a secret on my dad's end because he still had his family and he didn't want to create more chaos in his life. And then I, um, you know, on my end, I had to keep it a secret too. So they would both tell me that I had to just keep this a secret and I couldn't tell anybody about me meeting up with my real dad. We like would meet at the McDonald's or like other places. And basically I was just told that it was a secret. And of course, when you're little, like you have no idea what that means. <laughs> and I was like four. And then like, I think like I would go home and then my stepdad would be like, where were you? And then I would be like, oh, I saw my dad. And then it would just create like this huge explosion. Um, and who knows what happened on my dad's side. So at the time, my mom and my dad just decided like, you know what, this is really traumatic for Natalia, you know? So I think it's best if we just like part ways and just like you just are not in her life. And in that moment, they wanted peace, you know? They wanted harmony and they believed that that was the way to get it, you know? So my dad said, okay, I won't be in her life. And uh, you know, so he disappeared. So he just was like, he went on his way, he continued to live his life and he, you know, he had his own things to overcome. Like, why did he cheat? You know, because people that cheat, there's an underlying issue. And I can say this now because we've talked since then. And, you know, he told me his story and how he really wanted to find a way out of the situation that he was in because, you know, he felt hostage to someone else taking suicidal action for his actions. And it's just like so convoluted and just like so messed up. But also just me growing up in a household where there wasn't a lot of love that was spoken, like words of love. There were lots of insults. And I think that that's something that being Latina, you know, it's just something that I think that we think is so common, uh, just like the criticism and the insults, even if like they're in jest or if they're being spoken about jokingly. And I, and I think, and I hope that that perception is shifting now. I know that that was such a big part of just like human existence. It's just like, oh, talk shit about people. Or, you know, when something happens, instead of communicating it, you're just gonna insult your partner. And I really experienced that a lot. And being as sensitive as I am, I just like, I, I took it on a lot. And 
My mom didn't know what to do. She was in a situation where she had to survive as well with two children. And my stepdad was the provider. So of course, everyone was just doing whatever they needed to do. And in all of that that was happening, I felt a deep sense of my abandonment wound because I didn't understand why my dad didn't choose me, right? That's how I saw it. Like he has his family, like I didn't know how to understand all these complexities of things, but I internalized it as things being my fault, me not feeling worthy of my dad's love, lots of things, and just confusion around the way that my parents treated each other. And uh, just like there was a lot of fighting in my house. And to me, like deep, deep, deep down in my heart, I knew that that wasn't it, like that that's not how people should treat each other. But that was my reality. So I didn't know anything but that. Um, you know, money was treated in such a shameful light. Like any time that I was given, you know, like money was like, oh, but you better use it wisely. You're like, you better not make me look bad. Again, it's like there was just so much fear around money. And I come from the middle class. And it, it, because there was just so much non-communication between my parents about finances that it just was also just very chaotic. And so I had a lot of chaotic emotions about finances as well that I'm still like learning how to let go of. So again, and I say all of this not to say that they are bad people, not to say that it's their fault, um, but that's just what happened. Right. That was just kind of like the cards that were dealt. That was just kind of the circumstances. There were many times where I wanted to run away from home and I tried once I literally like left out of my window and like I just like ran and I didn't like know where I was going to run to. And I just like came back. But I would say overall, you know, I didn't feel emotionally safe in my house. I didn't feel emotionally safe to fully express myself and to understand fully like the depth of what was going on. But luckily I went to art schools. You know, I've been in acting my whole life. Like ever since I was in third grade, I've been in acting and my mom has been so amazing. She decided, she was like, okay, I'm gonna make a list of like all the things that I'm really scared of, which is like public speaking and just like a bunch of other things. And she was like, I'm gonna make sure that my kids don't have the same fears that I do. So she put me in modeling ever since I was little, like I was in acting. She was like, you do theater. Okay, she was like, you are afraid of singing. She's like, let's put you in singing classes. And she was always pushing me to just like go beyond my limits and like be beyond my fear. So that's why I've been in acting school since I was in third grade and I was a model like when I was little and I did like pageant shows and like <laughs> it was just so crazy Then I danced flamenco and I went to an arts conservatory and then eventually I went to Syracuse University. So I have a really great story about that and how I got myself there. So basically I like to call it the Nutella story. So when I was in high school, I honestly, I was a master cheater. I loved it to perform and I was not good at math. I was not good at English. I was not good at like a lot of subjects because what I had been taught was that if you don't know something, then you just keep your mouth shut and then you just like pretend like you do. So that's what I did. I was just like, oh, I don't know what this is, but like, I'm not gonna learn it. <laughs> and like, I studied for a test and I still got a C. And, I, and I, when I don't study, I get a C. So I just like decided that I was just gonna cheat. And I was just, I became like the head honcho cheater <laughs> of like, of the class. And I don't say this proudly, but it's just the truth. Because what I was really devoted to was like my art. Like I didn't care about math. I didn't care about like other things. And I, you know, I understood that just grades and tests, like I just, I'm not a good test taker. Meaning that I, 
I did whatever I needed to do to like get by. So like I was like a master at like talking my way out of like being late all the time. <laughs> like I would literally like convince my English teacher and just be like, oh, and then I would like go talk to someone else and like tell them a different story and then like get everything like changed um, for me to get excused. And so I did the same thing for my college applications. I just saw the resources that were available and then I was like, okay, how do I like get my way to, so I can go to college because I'm a first generation American. So I am full Colombian, but I like to say that I have a Cuban persuasion since I grew up in Miami. I'm the first generation American. So no one in my family has gone to an American university. So I like took that on as like my, my own, right? You know, my family from Colombia is also not in the best financial situations like at all. So I made a decision at some point in my childhood that it was my decision to be responsible for everybody in my family and that I needed to be rich and famous and successful because I needed to make sure that I can take care of my entire family. And that was like my main mission. I was just like, I need to make millions of dollars so I can literally save my family. And I don't know where I picked that up, but it was like deeply ingrained in me. And that was like my main motivation. So I was like, I need to go to college. I need to go to like an American university. I need to get like the best education. I need to just everything, everything, because like I was on this path to like becoming a millionaire so I can like save my family, you know, but also through like being a famous actress, um, which I enjoyed. So, you know, my mom was like, sorry, like I don't have any money for you to go to your Syracuse audition. And I was like, oh no. And I was like, the fuck? I was like, I'm getting out of this house. I was just, you know, like my, at that point when I was like in high school, I was like a fucking rebel. Like I said, master cheater. I had boyfriends. I just like literally was just like such a rebel to my mom. I was just like, you know what? And I'm like, I'm going to go out. And if she said, no, I'm, gonna, I'm like, if you don't give me a reason, then, you know, then I'm going to go anyway. Like I was like, not a lot of fun. <laughs> I was like a super rebel. And I would like throw parties. I would throw parties at hotels when I was like underage and like put the hotels under my name and literally had everyone just like get wasted in hotels in Miami. And then like one day my mom was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Like you can get arrested. And I was like, okay. And she's like, just have the parties at my house. So then I just started having a bunch of parties at my house back to Syracuse. So it was my college audition opportunity and I got all the application fees waived because of my hustle. And then I was like, the fuck? I don't have money to go to my Syracuse audition. Like I have to get the fuck out of here. I have to like do something with my life. So I literally saw this like girl that sat outside of like New Worlds, which was the high school that I went to. And I saw her like selling like peanut butter and banana sandwiches. And I like, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So it, like the idea just clicked. And I was like, what does everybody love? And I was like, Nutella. Everyone loves Nutella. I'm going to sell Nutella sandwiches until I make enough money to get myself a plane ticket to New York City, which is where my audition was. So literally I would buy the bread. I had white bread, brown bread, um, and then I would get Nutella from Costco. I would like make them every morning and me and my friend Victor Legra, that he was just like, I wanna go to New York City because I love New York City. I'm like, great. <laughs> I was like, so I got my I love New York bag and I would fill them up with the Nutella sandwiches. Some had banana, some didn't, white and wheat. I had like all the options. 
and everybody knew me as a Nutella girl and I was always sold out by noon. And me and Victor fucking made enough money to get ourselves to New York City. And I auditioned for Syracuse. And I remember like I hardly even had my monologue prepared <laughs> because like, but thank God because I had this like nervous energy that if I like over prepare something or if it's like too much, then I come off as like really desperate, which is totally what happened in acting. Um, so I think it was actually like because it was an adventure and I was with my friend and we ended up staying at like my other friend's like apartment and his mom took us in. Oh my God, it was like so sweet. It just like all worked out. And uh, yeah, so I fucking got myself, hustled my way to New York City to audition. And yeah, and then I got into Syracuse and I studied acting for four years. And then afterwards I was like, you know what? I'm going to get to LA. And I was still on my mission. I was just like, I'm here. I'm going to go to LA. I got a loan. My mom was just like get alone and then figure it out later <laughs> because that was also the part of it of like money and and I felt secure with money during college because like I had like a set amount and now I'm paying it back but I wouldn't take it back for anything like I partied my ass off freshman year had many many blackout nights where I completely blacked out and yeah and I gained like 30 pounds it was a lot of fun <laughs> And yeah, and I studied acting and, uh, you know, I did some plays and I had that experience. But overall at Syracuse, I didn't feel understood either. Like there was always this like just depthness with people that I didn't feel like I could fully be myself because I had this deeper knowing of understanding of, you know, like we're not here to talk shit about each other. And if you know anything about the acting world, it's so competitive. And it's like people are just get so nasty when there's competition and they just want to put other people down, talk shit about them constantly. There's just so much fakeness. There's so much just inauthenticity. And in order to fit in, I would also talk shit. And I would also do whatever it is that they did, you know, and there was also a disconnect because at Syracuse, there were a lot of people with a lot of money with like tremendous wealth. And I like maxed out my credits because I'm like, oh my God, like I'm at university. Like I need to just do everything in my possible power to like just gain a bunch of knowledge because at that point I learned a lot of lessons about learning. And I had a boyfriend at the time who literally just changed my life and my views of learning. I used to be very scared of learning because I thought that I was stupid. I remember that was a huge insecurity of mine in college, I mean, in high school, which is why I cheated all the time. I, I didn't think I was capable of learning more than I already knew. And he completely changed my mindset because he was kind and because I would ask him questions because I would like sort of, you know, I, I've always been like really good at pretending what is going on. And I would just be like, hmm. And then so I would like ask him like little questions and he would be like, oh my God, like, you don't know what that means. That's so exciting. I am going to teach you. And I was just like, oh my God, there's this person that like really wants to teach me. Like I can now I'm now I can learn. So I would ask him things. Literally, I was just like, what is a democracy? I was like, what is this? Like, what is that? Like I... I didn't know anything or like a lot. And I was like, what is this? Like, what is that? And, and he would just teach it to me and explain it to me. And I learned so much through him. And then I learned a passion for learning because I finally had someone that made it okay. Right. And I think that that's something that people definitely also have ingrained that when someone asks a stupid question, people just look at them and it's just like, oh, you don't know what that means. Like judgment. Why does there have to be judgment about someone that doesn't know something? It's like, 
they don't know it because they've never learned it. So like, if you know it, what a beautiful gift that now you get to teach it to someone else, right? So anyway, so he taught me that. So I took on a whole new approach to learning and I like took anthropology and I took philosophy and I took religion. I took so many amazing classes that just like really elevated my my sense of intelligence. And I also studied in London. I studied at the Globe Theater and like that was crazy. I think I've talked about this with Karen, like definitely have had some past lives where I was English. When I was in London, I biked everywhere. I was living my best life. I literally was traveling every weekend to a different country. I was just like learning and experiencing everything. And I think that the reason that I felt the happiest that I ever did was because I felt free because I didn't feel like I had to, because like, I think I gave myself a mental break of like six months of like, you just get to explore the world as opposed to like trying to make it so you can take care of your family. And that is like something that I'm integrating now into my life, that that's how I can live my life now. I don't have to take care of anybody but myself. And when I take care of myself, then I can take care of others. So anyway, the whole point was that I, I lived a great life. I like felt really free. And then life really started to take an interesting turn when I got out of college. <laughs> When I got out of college, I was like, I know that I'm gonna move to LA. I don't give a fuck about what anybody says. And I'm gonna be famous because again, like I have this need to take care of other people. And like, I need to be really rich and famous because like, I wanna be famous. And that was like my main motivation. I was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to do anything. Like I am only here to be successful. And I found that the amount of pressure that I was putting on myself definitely led me to some downward spirals. I was no longer in a community aspect that college and school gives you, which is like a huge shock to your system. I no longer had the padding of, um, you know, financial aid or student loans. And it's like, it's like you're a newborn baby in, in a, like a different type of environment. It's like, it's a very strange sensation. And at first, you know, I, was like, yes, I'm gonna, you know, produce this and, and do this. And, and I and I did, and I produced like my first web series. But then, you know, as I was trying to just like network, like I would just spend all of my time like networking and trying to do this and trying to do that and just hustling and hustling and hustling and doing and doing and doing and doing. And I wasn't even thinking about any other aspect of my life about making it balanced. And, it, and eventually what happened is that like I hit a wall. Like I was like when, you know, in acting, there's no like one set track to like how to be successful. Like it just happens for some people and it just like it doesn't for others. But I did know that I love to produce and that I love to create. And I just was so lost. There were many moments that I would go to the movies and I would watch a movie and I would just like go home and cry out of frustration. And uh, I just like, I didn't know why it had to be so hard, right? And that was, I would say the beginning of my spiritual awakening was because again, like I said, my biggest sense of intuition has always been inner knowing. And there was always an inner knowing that like, this is not supposed to be so hard. Like life is not supposed to be hard. Success isn't supposed to be hard. Being happy is not supposed to be hard, but yet it, here I was and it, it was very challenging. And I suffered, I started suffering from a lot of depression. And uh, you know, and I was just like so lost with who I was. I was so lost with my purpose in my life. And I knew at that point that I need to do something. I needed to either like take a trip because I always felt very happy when I traveled or start therapy or do something. 
And then I went to like this first program that's called MITT. And it's one of those like crazy cult phenomenons, but like, I don't give a fuck because it's like a, a love cult. It's like so great where I learned how not to be a victim. And I was just like, what is this? Like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I realized that I always had to be right. I always had to get the last word and that I was like deeply complaining about my life. And I, it was so hard for me to see gratitude. It was like the most challenging thing. I remember I really was inspired to get like this, uh, this jar and my, and one of my friends gave it to me for my birthday where I would like write every time that I would be grateful for something. And I had it on my desk. And after like a half a year, there were like three things in there. And that's when I really hit me. And I was just like, wow, I have a very difficult time being grateful for things. So that's kind of like step one that happened for me. And then in MITT, in that place, they really made you dig deep into like really dig deep stuff. And I hadn't thought about my dad or like I put so many walls up because he tried to go like in and out of my life like a lot throughout my childhood but he would always just then disappear. Like just because like he would come in, he would like promise me the world and then he would just disappear. And like, I didn't understand. And I told him that I would disown him as a father if like he kept doing that because like, I just wasn't gonna take it anymore. And eventually he disappeared again. And then like, I didn't see or talk to him for like 10 years. And then he, you know, came back into my life and he said that he wanted to build a relationship with me. And it was so hard. I was just like, I don't know, like I'm almost like 25 years old. Like, I don't feel like I need to, I, it was very confusing. I didn't even know how I felt about him. And I just really learned to put lots of walls, like to be hard, be independent. You know, like it was just like my job. It's like me or me and like Miss Independent Woman. And like, I, I like, I always got jobs and like, I always took care of myself. And it was just like this deep sense of responsibility, which is fine, but it's uh, not to the extent that I was because it was blocked with a lot of anger and a lot of resentment that was like so deep, deep, deep down inside. And in MITT, they do a lot of exercises where they make you like dig up all that deep shit and just like scream and just like do all sorts of crazy shit, but it's phenomenal. But I really understood my very like unconscious deep belief that I wasn't worthy because of my abandonment dad issues, right? And it's like, I had two dads and I had a mom, but my mom was also very fiercely independent and that's what she taught me. And you know, her belief system was like, if I die one day, like I need to make sure that you can take care of yourself. And because I was always such a hustler and because I was always made shit happen because like I didn't know what else to do, then like people always were like, oh, Natalia's fine. Like Natalia, like she can handle it. Like she can handle anything. <laughs> when like inside I was dying, like by myself behind closed doors, I was like, I also want to be taken care of. I also need direction. Like, I don't know what is right or wrong. And uh, when I went to MITT, like that's kind of like the first time that I finally realized that it wasn't my responsibility to take care of my family and to become rich and famous because it wasn't my responsibility for me to take care of anyone. It's everyone's responsibility to learn how to take care of themselves. Not to a crazy independent fault, but definitely it is everybody's job personally for you to take care of yourself and for you to be okay and for you to fill your own cup before you go around doing anything for others. And if you're in pain and if you're in this and if you're in that, you need to be okay with asking for help. And like, I wasn't. And when that was ripped away from me, when I finally understood that, like, I had to do that for me, I like almost let go of my dream of needing to like be really successful 
because I was like, well, if I don't have to take care of anyone but myself, I went to the other side of the spectrum. I was like, okay, well now I don't know what my dream is. That was like, the, the, at that point, I think it was like 25. I was so lost. I would cry probably every single day. I couldn't get out of bed. I had so much like crippling anxiety that I literally sleeping was better for me than waking up. And I had to spend the whole day just trying to calm myself down because I had opened this crazy wound, like deep wound. And it felt like it was just like deep inside me. And then I was like constantly bleeding. And my poor boyfriend at the time <laughs> just really took the brunt of it. And like, he would see me and he would be like, I don't know what's going on. And like, I couldn't help myself. Like he couldn't help, like nobody could help me. And it just definitely did not add a good flavor to the relationship either. But, you know, I just kind of was like at the whim of life and first I had so much direction and then I had zero direction and I was just like lost in the sauce of my feelings and I really learned how to be a leader and I learned great leadership skills through there and I, I learned a lot of really high frequency things and I learned like I, I took a relationships course where I like saw myself like how I was in relationship understanding the masculine and the feminine balance and then I realized like you know I deeply hate women I thought so at that time. I was like, I hate women. I only get along with guys. I literally only had guy friends and some girlfriends, but like, I was just like, whatever. And I never really connected deeply with women. I thought that they were annoying, didn't really enjoy them. You know, I was like on the Miss Independent track of like a fierce boss bitch, which I still am, but with a different twist. And I was just like, you know what? This inner knowing says, I don't want to hate women. I want to love women. I am a woman. I hated being a woman. I was just like, I wish I was a fucking man. It's so much easier for them. I, I didn't understand the value of being a woman. But again, my inner knowing deep, deep down said, well, you are, you are a woman. So let's just like yourself now. And then after, so I, I joined this like course called Grace. And then it just kind of started understanding that we all have like a masculine and a feminine side. And I realized how much I actually enjoyed my femininity. <laughs> and I used to judge women for like makeup and like all the shit and like whatever. And then like, I found myself like, oh, like I look good in this outfit or like, you know, there's like so many aspects of like your feminine grace. And there's like the child, like the, like the giddy girl. And then there's like, you know, the goddess fierce woman. And if you're feminine, it doesn't mean that you just, uh, that it's a bad thing. And I started like really connecting with women on a totally different level and yeah it was just it was just such a, a magical time and I just kept on like growing and growing because if anything it's always been that deep knowing that I've had inside that there was a higher power that there was something outside of me like I first I no one told me but I just kind of knew that like this is not what life was about right like I had all this pain inside and I didn't even know how to address it. I didn't even know like what was going on but of course like growing up in an emotionally unstable household and then having all of that like trauma that I did when I was little and like that's like the most of the stuff that it comes with that's where you get the most of your trauma when you're little and understanding that like I had to be kept secret and that I had this deep fear of feeling seen. So what I did is just, again, I was just an overgiver and I would just give and give and give. Like I was so uncomfortable with telling people how much like, I would charge for things. Like I was like, you know what? Like I want a better life. I want a better society. I want a better humanity because like I do and I think it's important, but like I would sacrifice myself. I would sacrifice my own needs. I would sacrifice my well-being in, in, in service to my dream, in service to success, in service to other people having an experience that it eventually completely ran me to the ground. And that's what happened in the middle of last year, but we'll get to that.
Anyway, so like I had no money. I was just going from like temp job to temp job to temp job, just trying to make ends meet and like not feeling supported and just feeling like miserable with my life. And I was just so tired of that. I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. And like there was at one point I had $400 in my bank account and my cat at the time got really sick and I took her to the vet and you know, the cost was $400. So I had to pay it. So I had like $0 in my bank account. And I would just be like, why do I keep on doing this to myself? Like, how do I have something? And then it just like all goes away. And I was just like so deeply afraid of it. And eventually with enough crying and enough just like frustration in myself and this deep knowing inside that this is not how life should be, I started praying. And I got this book, like money magnet book. And literally it was like, all sorts of witchery. And when I say witchery, I mean like, it was just like, I was taking like walnut baths. I was journaling every day. Like there was like a prompt and I would journal and I would dream and I would just like have all of these things. And then like, there was like feng shui stuff. Like you, she has like lots of baths in there, like bath rituals. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I went to Miami <laughs> and I was like, everyone, like I'm taking my witch bath. Like <laughs> I'm like roasting the walnuts for the witch bath. And my dad was like, oh my God, she became a bruja. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I started seeing results. For example, I have this like really funny story that I wrote in my journal that I really wanted to meet Gina Rodriguez. She was like a really big idol for me. And I was just like so up in the clouds being like, I, I wanna meet her, I wanna work with her and everything. And it was just like such a far dream that I had. And I wrote about it in my journal. And then like, I think it was like nine months later, I met her like serendipitously at an event and she actually introduced herself to me. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I had made it to an event. She's like, hi, I'm Gina. And I'm like, oh yeah. I literally fangirled the shit out of her. I like became a crazy person. I chased her down. I think like I cried in front of her. It was a, a very proud moment for me. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. And I've like met her several times since then. And she says that she doesn't think I'm crazy, but I, I'm sure she does. But that was like kind of like the first time that I like understood my manifesting power and just like my power in general. So I started getting very specific about what I wanted. And I started saying that like, I wanted an amazing team and I wanted this and I wanted that. And eventually I started getting some things that were on the list and then not other things. And I was just like, but why? But like, why, if I want to really be like a successful actress, so if I want to be a series regular, like why can't I have that? But like, like, why can I have like other things like meeting Gina? So w what's this about? Like, why can I only have some things? So again, this deeper knowing just said, okay, there's something more. Yeah, I was so confused. I was like, so why the hell can I have some things and not others, right? And so I did this like 21 day manifesting challenge with like the writing. And at that point I didn't have a job and I've always had really awesome, like strange jobs. Like I was like a yacht stewardess. I was like a nanny for Flea, for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and for other like celebrities. I've always had like really interesting, eclectic jobs in my life. But because with acting, you needed so much flexibility. I, and I was like, fuck it. I'm like, I don't want to like work for anyone, you know? And like, I, I was like an assistant. I was a writer's assistant. But like, again, I was just like, I wasn't making it. Like I was always just making just enough to get by. And I just didn't understand. And I'm like, I know that this is not how you're supposed to live. And I know that you're not supposed to work so hard and like get so little and just like struggle. It was just like such a deeply confusing time. But that, at that point, I don't remember, I guess I was like in between jobs or whatever, when like I really was like struggling. So I, I did this, like, I literally had nothing else. I took my, you know, Thelma to the, to the vet and like, I had like no money. 
And then I was just like, okay. And I'm like, I'm just literally going to pray to God. I was like, I have nothing to fucking lose. (laughs) I was just like, dear God. And I just started opening the conversation and I was just like, what the fuck? And I did my witch bath and I would just like say these like deep affirmations and I would say all of these things. And after I did that 21 day challenge, I think like a month later, I got two jobs on the same day. And again, it wasn't like fully with my purpose, but it was, it gave me a lot more flexibility. I was just like, I was able to travel. I was able to have like a very like steady income because of it, but still not with my path. So I was like halfway there. Right. And I'm like, I'm still not getting acting jobs. Like I'm still not doing this. Like I remember that I literally one time was in New York because I was working as the nanny and like, I got a call back and I spent my one week salary on a round plane ticket to come back and just do the callback because like that's how much I put my career on a pedestal and thinking back it was fine that I did it I guess but it just goes to show like how uh, an artist sometimes just like completely gives up their power and I didn't get it you know and it didn't amount to anything but there's like this wiring that we think that we just have to like give all of ourselves and just like run ourselves to, to the ground for like this big lofty dream right? At least that's what I thought. Anyway, so I got like two jobs like on the same day. So I was just like, okay, this shit works. I was like, this shit works. I've always been highly intuitive, but I've never really understood it. And I've always gone to like readers and stuff like that. Like, you know, ever since I was little, like my mom would always be like the astrology chart and this and that. And I remember even one time she tried to do like Reiki on me and I was like, mom, ugh, like you're so annoying. And, and, and I believed in a higher power. I always knew I always had such a really deep connection with the moon. The moon has always been my favorite. Like I used to just go outside in the park and just like stare at it and just felt so deeply connected to the cosmos. And then I remember again and again, and again, I, I constantly challenged myself because like, even though in the exterior, I was like, okay, we're talking shit and like, okay, we're doing this. And like, you know, having these like experiences and not deep fulfilling situations, there was a deep part of me that knew that that wasn't really who I was. And it felt very confusing. And I understood very deeply when I sat with myself that like the whole point is to be non-judgmental and it's not to judge others. So then I got into astrology because I said, there's something here. I was like, people are not all the same. And I can't expect for another person to think and feel exactly what I think and feel like that's impossible. So I started learning all the different planets and I started learning all the different like meanings that they give. And that was like a form of connection. I would be like, Hey, like, what's up? Like, give me your astrology chart. And then I'd be like, and I would know like everything about them, but I did it. And I liked it because it made me judge them less because I was like, Oh, well, if you're, you know, if, you know, if you're a cancer, you know, you're going to be a lot more sensitive, you know, whatever. So I started fully just seeing the synchronicities and how things like fit together. So I just like would read up on it all the time between that and the witch baths. That was kind of like the beginning of my spiritual (laughs) situation. And then like, you know, obviously like I've, you know, I've loved yoga and things like that, but I've never really gone into the practices. And then it really started off when like, I think it was like in 2017 when like I had an astrology reader and she was telling me all sorts of crazy shit. And also a really good friend of mine, Jen, she would always just have like her tarot decks and like we would just like have like witch nights where we would just like read. And I thought it was so interesting and like the Oracle decks. And I thought that, wow, it's like, I finally read something that made sense to me. I would read these cards and I would read the answers and it was just such a, so positive. 
I was just like, oh, this is like opportunistic. And I'm like, it feels so nice. And so that's kind of like what led me to continue to go down that path of just like, interesting. So when I read this, it feels really good inside. Like when I read high vibrational words, like from these card decks, it's like, oh, do this or do that. And it just like felt so good. And like the same thing with astrology, it was like, it just started clicking for me. And I was just like, maybe this is more than what meets the eye. And also I had done a lot of forgiveness work for my mom, for my dad. You know, when I did MITT, like I understood that I'm not a victim to my circumstances. And that's why I don't blame them because like they were literally doing the best that they possibly could. And I did so much work around forgiving them. And I would write letters and letters and letters and like forgive and forgive. But there was still a lot of stuff that, you know, needed to come out. And I didn't realize until like recently. Anyway, so I got the two jobs on the same day. I got two jobs and I was like, there's something to this. And uh, I finally did that. And then I, because I felt stable in my finances, then I was just like, you know what? I am going to go full in on this uh, nonprofit Nosotros. Like I'm going to give it my all because like I have some padding, I have some funding. Like I'm just going to like truly like give it my all. And the thing about nonprofits <laughs> that everybody knows about nonprofits is that nobody makes money. So again, I was like in the situation where I was just giving all of myself and everything just to, again, have this lofty dream. And there's nothing wrong with that about having dreams because like I think that everyone should continue to dream to their fullest extent, but it's just like at what cost? And I learned so much about myself. I learned how to fully be a leader. I learned how to just completely build a business from like the ground up because I had gone through like a lull. Like I learned how to make relationships. I learned just so many incredible things. But at the end of the day, when, when I was like, let go from like one or two of the jobs and I didn't have my financial padding, like I just like, just completely went on and just continued to work um, and give all of my time and attention to to something that wasn't giving me um, monetary stability. And that's not anybody's fault. I didn't understand what my needs were. I never sat down with myself and said, what, do, what does Natalia need? Natalia needs to eat. Natalia needs to have a house. Natalia needs to this. I was just like always scrambling, always like hustling, always doing something. I was just like exhausting myself like again and again and again and again and again. And like, again, for the collective, for the, for the mission, for the Latinos in Hollywood, for everything. Like I, I was just so passionate about providing that. And I also didn't understand like why, if I'm so passionate about something, why isn't it getting, you know, in return? And I would just take on more jobs and more jobs and more jobs. And like, I was just working myself to the ground and I would just get sick again and again and again and again. And I just like, wasn't getting it. <laughs> I just like, wasn't getting the message. <laughs> you know what? And I was just like, I need to get myself out of this. I was like, this is crazy and I would turn to healers. So anything that, whatever money I had, I was like, I know that I need to start connecting with a source, with a power that is completely outside of myself to start answering these questions. Because like, I don't think I could do it with myself anymore. And I can't just continue to just throw spaghetti on the wall with something that just like is not gonna happen. You know, and I would get a myriad of ideas and I'm like, well, is this how I wanna spend the rest of my life? You know, doing this or like continuing to write you know, or like produce something or, you know, and, and then like not getting anything in return. Um, and recently with my Ayurvedic practitioner, you know, I learned the importance of energy exchange and how it's so deeply important for you to give whatever you give to get something in return and money is energy. 
And if you're not getting anything in return, you have to like sit with yourself and ask, like, I need to value myself enough to be able to put food on the table for myself and save and create my stability and my foundation before I can give to others. But I was so passionate about being so giving that I was putting myself last all the time. And then that's why I was suffering so much. So I would go to these readings and, oh yeah, this astrologer, she told me the craziest stuff. She was just like, you're going to be global. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> she was like, she's like, yeah. She's like, you like can astral project. You can like literally put your back against the wall and like go somewhere else. You can do this. You can do that. Like you can like connect ley lines. And I was like, this bitch is crazy. I was like, what is she saying? I was like, she was saying things that I literally have never heard in my life. She was like, yeah, she's like, you're Pleiadian, you're Starseed, like you're this, you're that, like, and I was just like, oh, okay. But I was like, I was just talking about my, my like little acting career here, but okay. She was like, yeah, she was like, you should do a talk show, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, okay, cool. I was just like very confused, but I thought, I thought it was insightful. And I thought that, you know, she had really great things to say. And even though I didn't fully understand what she said, it like still penetrated, like it's, it, it sunk in and I was just like, okay. And I hope to have her on the talk show soon. I just got another reading with her. I'm very excited. Um, and then like, after that, I was just like, okay, I, I was like, I need to kind of get a little bit more information about the things that she just said, like, what the hell is she talking about? And then I met one of my mentors and like, I just started taking like a bunch of like classes from her. And I just like, she was just always channeling from information from source. And I was just like, wait a second. I was just like, you can ask God, source, the universe, anything, and they'll respond. And then you'll have the answers for like literally anything that you want. And I was like, I want that. I was like, please, like I would go to like every, like every Friday I was there like asking questions. I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And I'm like, blah, blah. And it totally changed things for me because I started seeing the perspective of like, is something in my highest good? Going back to that concept of what I was talking about, like why was I manifesting some things, but not other things, right? So again, she told me, yeah, so you know, you're not really supposed to be an actress. Um, I mean, you can be definitely, but you're so much more than that. Right. And I was just like, what the fuck are these people talking about? I was like, I want to fucking act. I was like, I want to be on a show, um, or a movie or whatever. And I was just like, so pissed that they were telling me this. But then the other information that I would get was just like so incredible, but I was just like really stuck in my shit. I was like stuck in my ego. Um, and then they were like, because it's not what your soul wants to do here. It's like what you think you want to do, but it's not like fully what you're meant to do here. And I was just so confused, to be honest. And I kept on just like, you know, learning and learning, you know, and, and going and asking more questions and asking more questions and trying to get more clarity about my existence and why the fuck I'm having all these money troubles and like whatever. And, and it all come back to like ancestral trauma, generational trauma, like just like a whole bunch of like slews of situations. And I was just like, okay, I understood that there was like deeper healing that I needed to do, but it was tough, you know, because after I was so lost. I just like completely put myself in my identity in the work, in my work. I, I didn't know who I was outside of what I wanted and of my work. And that was a disaster because like I just didn't value myself as a human first. 
So I, 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 I asked more questions and more questions and more questions. And I eventually started getting answers that I just needed to do more healing and more forgiveness and appreciation for myself. I needed to start with me. I needed to learn how to look at myself in the mirror and be like, wow, your eyes are so beautiful. I was so critical of myself, so unbelievably hard on myself, could just never have gratitude for anything, like I said. And then once I started doing this spiritual work or this work that I was getting from source, I started realizing that things started changing in my internal life, in my eternal landscape. And I was like, oh, wait, there's more to this than just like this woo-woo shit. I mean, listen, I love the woo-woo. And uh, I love being connected to all the woo-woo-ness, but also it's extremely practical. And it's, it, it literally can really save you from yourself. And it can save you from having like really beautiful and honest and heart openings with yourself and with other people, because like that's what life is about. Life is about connection and love and not living in constant fear, which like I feel like I was living like the majority of my fucking 20s. And in all of this time, I completely forgot to mention I did get a therapist because like I was going crazy and I had Medi-Cal and it like provided therapy and I found like the most amazing therapist. And then she also suggested that I go on medication for anxiety. And that was like a huge one for me. I was like, fuck no, I am not putting anything in my body. And I was like, absolutely not. You know, and she said that it's something that can help me. I was spending all of my time like trying to calm myself. And again, I would never tell this to anybody because I needed to like give like that strong perception. That's why everyone probably thinks that I am so strong. And like I do and I can get out of it, but like on my own in my house, like I would just be having complete meltdowns. And I was never vulnerable enough to like share that with anybody. And I'm getting better at it now. <laughs> I was like, fuck no. But I said, you know what? I'm going to take this pill for it to help me just at least stabilize myself. So then I could do the deeper work. And that's what I did. And I've been taking it for about two years, but with all of this work that I'm doing, like I, I feel like I'm finally ready to get off of it. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, I never like to say like, it's never Eastern or Western, it's both. So if there is a pill that can help me like stabilize myself, like I'm going to take it, but I'm not going to become dependent on it because at the end of the day, like I don't need a, an external substance to help me with that. And I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do the work and not become dependent because like the anxiety is always going to be deeper, right? It, these things are always deeper things. So I am slowly going to be on a path to getting off my medication very soon. And I'm very excited. And throughout this whole time, like I really wasn't valuing family. I wasn't valuing a lot of things and, and, or parts of my life. I wasn't valuing joy. I wasn't valuing putting myself first. And through this, you know, kind of like spiritual awakening that was happening. And like, I took a trip to Mallorca. I had like a very intense spiritual session there. You know, I, I, I was together with sisters, meaning like, like women that are like sisters. And we did things around the fire. I, you know, became connected to my period blood, put it on my face because like understanding that like the blood that I bleed is a part of me. And, and it's like, it was just like such a deeper understanding of like who I was, because again, I always thought that it was gross that I bled, but it's not, it's like, I, I can create a child because of this. Right. And that's the, the connection that I started to feel with my period blood. And, and to know that in the, in the past, men used to like collect women's blood so they can nourish the crops was eye-opening for me. So all of these things that you dub spiritual, it's just almost connecting back to who we always were. But it's just kind of like society has just really done a big brainwash on who we really are as humans. 
I'm getting to the point where I had a spiritual, even more spiritual awakening when I learned how to channel myself. I was getting really interested in channeling. Like I got a book on it and I started reading. I was like, this is really interesting. I was meditating a lot, but I didn't fully understand. I was, I was going to this meditation place like called ceremony meditation. And I was like having these like astral projection moments. And I was having like just these very cool experiences where I would connect to my higher self. And like, I I was having like meditations where I was seeing visuals and things like that. I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And I was like feeling so much more connected to like the bigger picture. And then my mentor Desiree, which I'm going to have on the show very soon, I would get readings with her all the time. I would ask her things. And she was like, yeah, she was like, you can do this uh, yourself. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, you mean that I can channel? She was like, yes, everybody can channel. And I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean? Come on, tell me, teach me. And I was like, wait, so I don't have to like go to a healer. And like, yes, going to healers is still really important, but like I can now also do this for myself and ask all the questions that I want. She was like, yeah. She was like, you can always get guidance. And I was just like, wow. So literally what it feels like is just like tapping into the matrix. I took like a courses one and two of hers, like the foundational trainings. And like, I learned how to receive messages from the universe and from source. So I would ask like, what do I need to do to like get past my depression? Like, what do I need to do to heal this problem? Like I'm having an issue with this person. Like, how can I solve this from love? You know, it's like, how can I get out of fear? Because at the end of the day, when you connect and when you connect with your heart and when you connect to a higher power, you really realize that it's just so much more to feel love and unconditional love in your heart than it is to be trapped in your egoic thoughts and in your ego thoughts that that's what drives the fear and when I learned that everything changed for me and and you know I was still really into my my entertainment industry work and she was just like yeah she was just like you know I really see you having like a full-blown intuitive business and again I was so not about it because I was so deeply afraid to fully be seen for who I was I was terrified when she told me the first time I think I cried I was like No, I was like, absolutely not. People cannot know this about me. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Like I was so deeply afraid of being seen for all of me (sighs) that it just, it, 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 like it broke me. And I just, I, I couldn't even understand why. And it was just like that final layer of deep emotional work that I had to do with my childhood and with my parents and with all the secrets that I had to keep and with like me not fully being able to be seen, right? Because everything had to be a secret. And I, I did lots of healing with it and more forgiveness and more unconditional love um, around the subject. And it's not fully healed because like you can't ever be fully healed, but it's a healing journey. And through these practices that I'm sharing on the podcast is everything that I've done. And I feel like I'm in the place now with all the stuff that I've done to finally be sharing it with you. And I used to be afraid of being like, yeah, I'm into personal development work. Like I, because there was like a stigma, like, oh, self-help, like you need help. Like we all fucking need help. Like we are not all okay. Okay. Like we could all love more. We could all connect more. We could all be just so much more loving and giving to ourselves. And we have such a deep connection to humanity. There is like craziness that's happening right now. And like at the end of the day, what we all need is just love and connection. And if we don't have that inside with ourselves, if we're not true to ourselves, 
then then how can that reflect outside, right? It's like the, the most important thing is like how your thoughts create your reality and literally how the outside is a reflection of the inside. Like if you see something outside that you don't like, it's because it's inside. So you can heal it. You can heal it deeply. You have the power to heal it and, and like just get out of that reality no matter what. And listen, I've been through the fucking mill and I have just like on like zero dollars have been able to do this, you know? So like if I can do it, you can do it. Every time that I was going to go to a program, the money would come to me from like out of nowhere. People have paid for my sessions. I like, I randomly, like my dad would give me some money and I'm like, boom, I'm putting it into this. I literally see free resources all the time. Like I don't let that stop me. And I don't think that it's like this like elevated thing. And I know what I want. And I just know that I want inner peace and happiness. And I never understood when people were like, happiness is a choice. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's so obnoxious. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, believe me, if I could choose to be happy, I fucking would. What it means, it means that like you can have the choice to sit with yourself and like really go inward and work on yourself and like find all those like nasty shadow parts of yourself and heal them. And it's going to be like really tough and ugly and there's a lot of ugly crying involved. But it, it almost feels like on the other side, it's like almost like when you work out, you know, and you're just like in this like great, like, you know, situation and you are, are you feel the pain of your muscles. And then like the next day and like the next day you feel better and better and lighter and lighter. And it's just like so beautiful. And like your body feels more open and you feel so much more healthy. That's what it feels like when you do like deep spiritual healing work. So what I do now, it's like, so I've like fully opened and blossomed all of my gifts and like everything that Desiree has like read like was is true now and like I've I'm building my business from scratch and like everything is coming back to me and I and I'm 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 on this path now and this is something that makes me really happy <laughs> because I understand that like you know I don't want to work in the entertainment industry anymore in the way that I did because at, towards the end um when I had my full ego death probably this summer where I like let it all go and I stepped down from vice chair at, at my nonprofit hardest thing I've ever had to do and just like say like oh I don't want to be in Hollywood anymore I didn't know who I was I, I didn't know what my life was without this big lofty dream because I was like why did I want to be an actor so badly if like I was never supposed to have it but what I actually wanted was freedom and I wanted to have a camera in my face all the time <laughs> I would always say that I would always want to like create a show that makes people happy and that can allow people to emote and uh, I love storytelling. I'm like, guess what? Now I'm doing it like this. And I can also help people along the way. And now I'm a spiritual mentor. I've gone through it. I fucking know. It's like, there's like so many things about it that I'm like not going to get into. But it's like, so now I'm in the position where I can help others on their awakening journey to fulfillment and to happiness on this quest and on this pursuit that we're all on in life. And I feel really confident about that. I haven't felt confident about the work that I've done in a long time. And I wanna create this platform to help everyone and to make it accessible for anyone to help themselves. And I wanted to share this story on my birthday because this is who I am. And at 29, I finally feel like I'm getting the point of life. <laughs> And it's just been through so much trial and error. And uh, I don't believe that there has to be so much suffering in someone's life. So if this calls to you, if, if any of this work calls to you, like find someone, whether it's me or anybody that calls to you, but just do it if there's any hesitation and, and know that it's okay and know that you're safe.
and it's okay to learn how to put your needs first. And uh, it's okay to leave really hard relationships. I was in relationships with people that weren't available for me. And I realized that there was still work to be done on my vulnerability. I was so deeply afraid of being emotional, of sharing my emotions. And I started working with a feminine coach that I will also have on the podcast. And I started learning what it felt like to like really express my feelings. And it just feels very liberating. So I highly recommend it to everyone. Um, And we're all on a different path and we're all on a different journey. And obviously my story is not going to be like your story. We're going to have different stories, but maybe there are similarities in my story that you resonate with. And, uh, and all I ever want anybody to know is that if I have the power to do it, and if I have the power to change and shift and live a life of fulfillment and now have my birthday in this beautiful, luxurious hotel, um, that I am so happy about, then you can do that too. So today I see that I create this reality of love for myself and I can look at myself in the mirror now and like I love myself. I really like it and I like who I see and I, I'm just really happy with who I am and I'm sharing this so vulnerably with all of you and it just, it's been a long time coming because through all of that dark shit that happened and all of that pain and all the suffering that I did, there was always like a diamond deep down in there that was just waiting to just get all the shit off of it. And each one of us are like that. We are born as beings of light. And then just a bunch of stuff gets put on us as human beings. And it's our job to kind of like get the shit out and really get connected to the truth of who we are, which is love and which is light and which is abundance. And uh, it's, uh, you know, understanding that anything is possible and that through really, um, you know, taking yourself on, it's not easy. It takes a lot of courage a lot of courage and just know that that's why I've worked with so many mentors because I I wouldn't have been able to do it alone. I joined communities. I have friends that I talk about the struggles of this with because this is so stigmatized. And every time I post something, it's like, it's like an anxiety attack (laughs) because I'm showing more of myself. But as I do videos like this, it just gets a little bit easier. So I look forward to you know, sharing this with you. And and if you have any questions, please write to me. I would love to know about your journey and, and, uh, and help you if that's something that you feel called to do. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm at the beginning of this amazing journey that I'm on to building my own platform and my own business and my own fucking network because like, fuck yeah, I still like to story tell and like, I'm going to do it on my own terms. And now the way that I'm making a living is through my mentorship. I used to also be so resistant. People were like, Natalia, you should be a life coach. I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. And I was like, I'm nobody's life coach. Because I used to believe that if uh, I was helping someone else achieve their goals, like where were mine? That's not really how it goes. But I know and uh, that I've studied enough and I have uh, gone through this enough that I'm, I'm, I have so many tools that I'm really ready to share with anybody that's ready to take themselves on. Yeah, and other than that, I just also want to say like, 
I was also in like very like tough relationships where, you know, and even with dating, like just continuing to like feel this, like going through this, like, you know, cause I have like an anxiety attachment style and it's like, I, I definitely feel like I'm moving to secure or, and I, I definitely have, but there's still this, like, you know, when the guy doesn't text you back or like whatever, and like, or when they don't answer or, you know, there's just like so many like dramas and things like that. And, and I was in a situation where I just like kept on going back to someone that was like unavailable. And like, I just, you know, it's not their fault, but I'm like, what, why am I allowing this to happen? Right. Because like life only happens to you with whatever you allow it to happen. If I allow something to happen, it's going to happen. If I allow someone to hit me, they will hit me. If I allow someone to insult me, they will insult me. But if I don't allow it, if I say no, then it won't happen. And I was just so afraid of saying no because I've, I was so concerned about other people's feelings because I was so constantly needing to make sure that everybody else was okay because I couldn't do that for myself. Anyway, I'm sending you every single person that's watched this video a lot of love and uh, just a message that you are a being of light and you are love and you deserve all the happiness and fulfillment in the world just like me. Bye. Oh my God, I almost forgot about the best part. Always a dance party. Yo te como sin vida, a capela. Suave que la noche espera. Ya te encendí como vela. Thank you so much for joining. If you found this podcast enlightening, please like, subscribe, share, and follow Power of Your Intuition underscore podcast on Instagram. This is available on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube, and you can join my newsletter at nataliachoa.com.